Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Hey, welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am a certified elder law attorney, uh, which means I help people with a couple of different things. We do estate planning, wills and trusts, and powers of attorney and documents like that, trying to help people plan for the what-ifs of life. We also do a certain type of case in our office called a nursing home crisis case, and in a nursing home crisis case, our job is to help people essentially get the care they need without going broke in the process. This is this is the work that we do when someone is already in a nursing home, going through uh, a bunch of money, fifteen thousand dollars a month, uh, and we're trying to solve that problem. If you know anybody in that situation, um, they should reach out to us for a free consultation because we can we can help people save uh, a ton of money in that situation. Uh, and then, of course, we help people after loss. If you've uh, lost somebody, we help guide through that whole uh, that whole process. So um, if you're new to the radio show, if you're new to this, uh, we also record this on video. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. We're up over 140 episodes of this show. And, and the reason that I do this, the reason I've been doing this for three or four years now, is because I want people to have the information that they need to make great estate planning decisions. I think it is terrible when families go through their entire lives and they don't take the time to put their affairs in order correctly, and then they end up losing a bunch of money unnecessarily to taxes or probate fees or long-term care costs or whatever the thing is. And so uh, my job, the, the my entire career, my entire law firm, we got 20 plus people working in the law firm just trying to help people figure out how to best plan to protect their family and protect their money. That's our only course. And, and you know, the, the idea is, though, you need to have some education. You need to understand how to do this. The reason that most people fail to make good estate planning decisions is they simply don't know their options. They go to lawyers who really don't know the options. Uh, and so the reason I do the radio show is to give you the information you need to know. You can check out hours and hours of content uh, on this show. Go and find it on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Uh, search it by topic. Go to our website. You're going to find lots of information. Now, today's topic is one that I feel real strongly about. Uh, before I get into this, we're going to do some like sort of technical education today, and so I want to do my little warning. This is not legal advice. This is education. This is information. Uh, if you need to do some planning, you should reach out to our law firm or some other law firm to do the planning correctly because there may be some things going on in your world that I'm not taking into consideration factually on this episode, and so I don't want you to come to the conclusion that... <clears throat> that the things I'm saying uh, apply to you, although there's a good chance maybe they do. You just want to have a lawyer um, like us take a look at it. If you want our help, 724-546-4227. We're up in Cranberry Township, uh, and, and we host weekly, pretty much weekly, uh, educational seminars somewhere around the city where we teach people the differences between wills and trusts and why you need to use these things. Okay, so today's episode is a uh, an episode that if you if you listen to it, if you're curious about what the best estate plan for your family is, I'm going to make a pretty compelling case in today's episode on why a lot of our clients, uh, middle class, upper middle class, um, retirees or soon to be retirees, should own their house in a 
trust. Now, not just any trust, a specific type of trust that we call an asset protection trust. My clients tend to own their houses in trust. And today, I'm going to give you the top seven reasons why our clients decide to do this. Um, and once you've heard these reasons, I, I think you'll probably agree, maybe ought to take a look at it. Um, reason number one, that I think your house should be in an asset protection trust. You know, is times have changed. Um, I know your dad didn't have an irrevocable asset protection trust. I know your grandpa and grandma didn't have an asset protection trust. But in those situations, you know, the the need for long-term care wasn't as prevalent. People didn't live as long. And the people that did need long-term care, their daughter lived close by. There was usually family members close by that maybe weren't working. And that's not a reflection of today, okay? So um, just statistically speaking, your odds of needing care are higher. Your odds that it will be a non-family member caregiver are higher. One in three of us will have dementia. If we hit age 85, one in three of us will have dementia. Two out of three of us will need some form of long-term care. In nursing homes, today's rates are $15,000 a month. In 20 years, what is it going to cost? All right. So just statistically speaking, reason number one, your house needs to be in a trust, is because estate planning is not just about answering the question, who gets my stuff when I pass away. Today, estate planning is also about answering the question, what happens if I get really, really sick? Okay, so reason number one is there is a need, new need. Reason number two is that the government rule book is broken. All right, so so here's here's sort of the way that this whole thing works. If you end up needing to go to a nursing home, we've all been paying into this government system for our entire careers, 30, 40, 50, some people 60 years, paying into a government system with the promise that when you turn 65, you're going to have health care. Um, we've got your back, the government told us. You've got Medicare. The government told us, we've got you, right? Except that Medicare doesn't pay for the single biggest health care expense that seniors face, custodial long-term care. They just don't pay for it. So if your health issue tends to be or in the future will be acute in nature, heart attack, surgery, cancer, all terrible things, but they tend to be treated with acute care, hospitalization, surgery, medication, those things are covered by Medicare, Medicare, if the health care event you will ultimately encounter is custodial in nature, I need a nurse standing by to help me, dementia, Parkinson's disease, stroke, well, that care is not covered by Medicare, right? So whether my, whether I and my spouse are financially secure in our retirement years ends up depending almost entirely on the health care event that I will have, which is almost entirely outside of my control. Right? So from my perspective, just looking at this thing and, and helping dozens of families a year going through this issue, the government is failing our seniors, period. Medicare is not paying for the care they actually need. It was a broken promise. Right? So then you look at the Medicaid system. In the Medicaid system, which is the only government payment source for long-term care, the rules are broken. Right. So if you're a single person and you end up going to a nursing home, if you're a widow or a widower and you end up going to a nursing home, you're only allowed to own up to $8,000 of assets plus a house and a car. Okay. So if you have a couple hundred thousand dollars in a retirement account, you're going to spend that money on the nursing home 
at 15 large a month, $180,000 a year, until the money's gone. Once the money's gone, now you can apply for Medicaid benefits. But once you apply for Medicaid benefits, they take all of your monthly income. The state of Pennsylvania only allows you to keep $45 a month for all of your personal needs once you're in the nursing home. And in the nursing home, some of them have the audacity to charge about $45 a month for the haircut. Right? So you got seniors who are going broke. Then they end up on Medicaid. They're allowed to own a house. So your house is good up till now, right? But here's what happens. They took all my money. Not the nursing home, but the system took all my money. Then it takes all my income. So how in the world am I supposed to pay my property taxes this year? How am I supposed to pay my utilities this month? Who's mowing the grass? Because I don't have any money to pay people to do that. I don't have any money for the utilities. I don't have any money for the property taxes. And then what happens is maybe your, your children are your power of attorney, right? So the power of attorney comes to my office and says, hey, thank God fi mom's finally on the Medicaid. We're not going through $15,000 a month anymore. But we can't afford our property taxes, so you know what? We, we want to use the power of attorney and sell our house. And I'll say, well, look, unfortunately, your mom owns a house, so if you sell her her, her house, what does she own now? She owns cash. You're not allowed to own cash and be on Medicaid. So mom's going to get booted off of Medicaid until we spend all those home sale proceeds on care. Then, once the money's gone, we can apply for Medicaid, and now mom's on Medicaid. Right? But we lost the house. Now, the state doesn't say you're going to lose the house. It doesn't appear in their literature. It says, oh, you can be eligible for Medicaid and still keep the house. But they make it financially impossible to keep the house, which is a nice distinction, I suppose, in Harrisburg. But to the common folk, it doesn't really matter. We lost the house either way. Right? Um, the other thing that could occur is the kids will say, whoa, 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 whoa. Thanks, uh, uh, Mr. Seckler, for explaining this. Um, you know what? We'll pay her property taxes. We'll pay her utility bills. We'll pay um, for that because we've read her will. And what her will says is that when she passes away, we get the house. So you know what? I'll float her property taxes. And I have to say, well, that's probably not going to happen because in Pennsylvania, we have a thing called the estate recovery program. In the estate recovery program, this is the entire program. It's a government program that takes your house after you pass away if you've been on Medicaid. So what happens is if somebody passed away and they've been on Medicaid, that the executor of the will is required to tell Harrisburg that mom passed away. Harrisburg will then say, great, thanks for letting us know. We've spent $200,000 on her nursing home in the last two years. Here's the bill. And then the executor is forced to sell the house to pay back the state of Pennsylvania for every penny they spent on her care. So if we don't lose the house while mom's alive, there's a significant chance the family loses the house after mom passes away. Right? Um, so now here's the interesting thing. <clears throat> the estate recovery claim in Pennsylvania is limited to someone's probate estate, meaning they can only come after assets that go through probate. So what is probate? Let's talk about it for a minute. Probate, simply put, is the legal administrative process of, of administering the estate 
according to the will, right? We, we technically we probate the will means we we offer the will uh, uh, up as the actual will that then we're going to administer this estate. Lawyers commonly call this entire year long process probate. Now, if the assets go through the will, the assets go through probate. Fine. Um, now, lawyers have been talking for a long time about avoiding probate because of it could be more expensive than if we avoid probate because you're going to end up hiring a lawyer. Your executor will end up hiring a lawyer to help with the process. It takes forever, um, 14 to 16 months sometimes in Pennsylvania. Um, and certain information we could have kept private has now become a public document, right? Like how much money your kids inherit. So those are the reasons that a lot of attorneys will talk to their clients about avoiding probate. I want to add one to it. In Pennsylvania, remember when I said that when someone goes through a nursing home and they're on Medicaid, the state has a claim against their estate when you pass away, right? That's called the estate recovery claim. Well, the estate recovery claim, turns out in Pennsylvania, is limited to someone's probate estate. So simply put, if the house doesn't go through probate, the estate can't have it. Let me say that again. If your house goes through your will, through probate, and you have been in a nursing home on Medicaid, the state has a claim against your house. If, however, your house is in the asset protection trust we like to use, when you pass away, the state can't get your house. They cannot get your house. It's that simple. Put your house in a trust, the state can't have it. And that's been the message that I've been telling people for about a decade. And a lot of our clients, once they understand this, oh, oh, yeah, that's easy, right? Because here's the thing. It's the same house. You put your house in a trust, the grass still needs mowed, uh, the kitchen smells the same, the the door still squeaks and needs some WD-40. It's the same house. But if we take the time to put it into the proper type of trust, Now if I get sick, which I've got a one in three chance of getting sick, now the state can't take my home. My kids are going to inherit the home, um, which is my preference. That would be what I prefer to have. So listen, I hope you're learning something so far in this episode. I've got a couple of more notes that I want you to know. But here's, here's the thing. Let's say somebody's listening to this show and you're finding it interesting. I hope you're finding it interesting. I hope you're finding it informative. I hope you just learned something. I got a lot more to teach you. Uh, I would like to invite you to come to one of our upcoming estate planning workshops, Three Secrets to Protect Your Family and Your Finances. We have this workshop offered uh, around the city. We do it occasionally in Monroeville. We do it down in South Point. And we do it in Cranberry Township. And we do it a couple of times a month. And you can come to an hour and a half a session of one of our team members teaching you these concepts. Here's the difference between a will and a trust. Here's why your grandpa used a will, but you should use a trust. Um, And just learn more information. If you decide at that class that you would like to learn more and perhaps work with my law firm, the next step, you know what it is? It's not a paid consultation like most firms do. The next step is another class. We give our clients almost four hours of legal education on how this stuff works prior to asking them for money, right? If you learn the four hours of legal information and you decide not to work with our law firm, that's fine. I hope you learn something. But most people who go through this sequence of classes and they understand how this stuff really works, it has been my experience once people understand the system, they, they, 
they take the necessary steps to protect themselves, protect their family, protect their money. And so I'd like to invite you to come to one of these workshops so that you can learn how to protect your family and your house and your money. Um, go to secklerlawfirm.com. If you just turned in late, my name is Tim Seckler. I am an elder law attorney. Uh, my office is in Cranberry Township, but we do work all around the Pittsburgh region. Go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Go to the workshops tab. Register for one of our free upcoming Three Secrets workshops uh, where you learn the three secrets to protect your family. And we're going to take a deeper dive on the things I just taught you. Uh, and you're going to learn, wow, yeah, this stuff makes a lot of sense. Or perhaps to somebody this stuff doesn't make sense. Maybe this isn't for you. Great. At least you learned some stuff and you made a decision. But most of the people who come to the class want the extra education because, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about a very expensive issue. A $15,000 a month bill you didn't plan for every month, right? $180,000 a year. And you got a one in three chance of having dementia. You have a two in three chance of having the need for long-term care. Uh, and we can protect your stuff. We can protect your spouse from going broke if you get sick. That's the thing that I want to teach you. That's what the workshop is all about. Um, all right. So I said that we have... Um, seven reasons why we want to get your house into a trust. We've gone through most of them. One is times are different. There's a significant likelihood that you will need care. The second is it's expensive, $15,000 a month. Third, the Medicaid rules stink. These are not favorable rules. The, the long-term care rules require you to go broke if you end up in a nursing home. Five is, <clears throat> maybe four, <laughs> is we get to avoid probate. It saves time, saves headaches, saves money, um, keeps things private. So by having your stuff in a trust, we avoid the whole probate process. Number five, because we avoided the whole probate process, we also avoid Pennsylvania's estate recovery program. I did a show about a month ago, maybe two months ago. Um, and one of the things on that show was that Pennsylvania is in the top five states in the country for coming after people's stuff after they pass away, right? They've already gone broke in a nursing home. Pennsylvania is in the top five recovery states, the state recovery. They come after more money than 45 other states once people have passed away in the nursing home. You know, a lot of states, they don't even come after the house. They exempt the primary residence from the estate recovery claim because they're essentially acknowledging that would be wrong. Pennsylvania does it. Okay, Pennsylvania, in my opinion, from a moral and ethical standpoint, is wrong on this issue. They are taking people's homes, and I don't want them to take your home. So let's avoid that whole mess by having your trust in an asset, by having your house in an asset protection trust. All right. Number six, the sixth reason that you want to have your house in an asset protection trust is because your kids will receive their inheritance faster. Let me explain why. If your house goes through a will, even if you never go through a nursing home, okay, if you never end up needing the nursing home, when you pass away, the stuff goes through your will, assuming you did a will, the stuff goes through your estate. That process takes about a year. Why? Because in Pennsylvania, creditors have 12 months to file a creditor's claim, okay? So listen, uh, I'm going to ask you to put yourself in my shoes for a second. I'm the attorney. I'm representing the executor of someone's estate. So someone passed away, I'm helping out the executor. And I tell the executor, listen, 
I know that the house is worth $300,000. I know that there are three kids. I can divide by three. Each kid is going to receive $100,000, but we can't distribute it yet. And the executor says, why? Because in Pennsylvania, creditors, if your mom or dad owned, uh, owed anybody any money, creditors have 12 months to come out of the woodwork. Okay, but I don't think my dad owed anybody any money. That doesn't matter. Well, maybe it matters. But if we distribute the money from the estate... You, Mr. Executor, are going to be personally liable for having made what we call an at-risk distribution. You made a distribution to the kids, to your siblings, and it was at the risk that a creditor may come back later and file a claim, and then the estate owed them money, but now the estate doesn't have any money. So you, Mr. Executor, will be personally liable for having made that distribution. And then the executor says, well, I don't want to make the distribution. I I agreed to help my dad. I agreed to be the executor, but I don't want to take on any legal liability. And I'll say, yeah, I agree. We should probably not distribute the money then because then you don't get sued. So now that means the money just sits in an account for 12 months, or at least some of the money sits in an account for 12 months. After 12 months, then we can make the distribution. The executor doesn't have to take a, uh, make an at-risk distribution. Creditor rights are over. All right. Now, here's what's really interesting. If we use the correct kind of trust, not every trust, but the correct kind of trust, then it avoids creditor claims, which means a couple of things. One, the creditors can't have the money, but two, because the creditors can't have the money, we don't have to make the distri- we don't have to wait 12 months to make the distribution because we don't have to worry about the creditor claims which means the, the your kid can then distribute the inheritance to himself or herself and the siblings faster we're typically distributing our asset protection trust when people pass at the 4 or 5 month mark not the 14 month mark which keeps the family peace, allows the kids to enjoy the money sooner, reduce legal fees because we're not we're not helping the person for a year um, and it is just better. So reason number six on why I want to see your house in an asset protection trust is because it avoids creditor claims, which allows your kids to receive their inheritance faster. Most of us would agree that's probably a pretty good idea. Number seven, the seventh reason I think your house maybe should be in an asset protection trust is because you don't really give anything up. Let me explain. Most people, if, if we're talking, if you're going to meet my definition of a middle-class family, Tim's definition of a middle-class family is a family that owns a house and has some money, right? Now, the money could be 200 grand, 400 grand, 600 grand, but middle-class family, if you've got a whole lot of money, you're not middle-class. If you don't have any money, you're not middle-class. I love you all, but my definition of a middle-class family, you have a house, or, or you could own a house and you just decided not to for whatever reason and you've got some other money. So what I know about families after having done an estate plan for a family in that situation about a thousand times is they're never going to do a reverse mortgage. Why am I talking about reverse mortgages? Well, it seems to me that the people who tend to do reverse mortgages really have nothing else, right? I, I need a, I've got a house. I don't have any money for groceries. I'm going to do a reverse mortgage. Now I've got money for groceries. And I know there are other uses, but that's typically what I see. But if a family has other money, they don't need home equity to buy groceries, so they're not going to do a reverse mortgage. So they're not going to meaningfully access their home equity, right? I'm not going to pull equity out of my house. And so if you're not going to put out uh, to, to get to put, sorry, if you're not going to pull equity out of your house, what's the harm in putting your house into a trust that says you can't access your home equity? 
you were never going to anyway. Right? So you're not really giving anything up. That's really the only thing you give up in this type of trust is your ability to write yourself a check. But you were never going to write yourself a check from your house anyhow. But that's what you have to give up. So we put our house into a trust that says, I can't borrow from the home equity. I can't make myself a, a distribution from the trust. So what? I was never going to do it anyway. But that's really the only thing I have to give up is access to the equity. Well, if I gave up access to the equity, that means the nursing home can't have it because if I can't get the equity, neither can the nursing home. And now we have protected the house from this nursing home risk, which one in three people are going to have dementia, and two out of three of us are going to need some form of long-term care. And if we want to protect your spouse and if we want to protect your home from this broken government rule book, I think we ought to take a look at putting our house into a trust. That's the way I think about this stuff. I think it makes sense. A lot of our clients seem to think it makes sense. And, yeah, maybe your attorney didn't tell you about this because maybe your attorney doesn't understand it or maybe your attorney philosophically doesn't agree with me or whatever the case is. But I am tired of watching people go broke in long-term care facilities because the government rule book is broken. There are opportunities to protect yourself. And that's what we teach you at our workshop. So go to secularlawfirm.com right now. Go to secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com and register to attend one of our upcoming free seminars where we teach you this stuff for free. And if you decide to move forward, we are going to offer you another class for free where you can take a deeper dive on all of these issues. And then you can make a reasonably informed decision on whether this stuff makes sense for you. So I hope that this show was helpful. I hope somebody listened to it. it look, if this show saved one house from the grasps of Harrisburg's estate recovery program, then great. Um, but I have to warn you that this show is for education and information. This is not legal advice. I am an attorney. I am not your attorney. I'd love to be your attorney. But you need to first come to one of our workshops and engage with a secular lawfirm.com. Uh, don't make any decisions based on what you heard on this or any other radio show. Uh, I do hope you learned something, but if you've got a legal problem, you need to work with an attorney. This stuff obviously is pretty complicated. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you here next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.